Are you going to be um, a, uh, investor number 87,001 on Bank to the Future? Heck no. Only Bitcoin for me. Pound that like button. <laughs> All right. Let's talk a bit about, sorry, you were going to say something? I had to get that in there. You know, that's, yeah, pound oh, that oh, like show, that's one of my sayings. Yeah, no, I missed that. I missed that. I just miss you in general, Adam. <laughs> Bitcoin and blockchain technology has captured the world's attention with its promise to fundamentally change the way that business is done across all industries. But where there is so much promise, there is an equal amount of confusion about the technology and crypto instruments. In December 2017, the Bitcoin price was at an all-time high of $19,783. The world's media went crazy, saying that Bitcoin's price had gone parabolic. And despite the warnings of savvy investors, ordinary people invested into Bitcoin without knowing the full extent of the risks involved. People took out credit cards, second mortgages, and personal loans to get into the cryptocurrency gold rush. But just a few short months later, over $600 billion was wiped off the value of cryptocurrencies and the large majority of people lost everything. But some investors became millionaires literally overnight and in the process became financially free for the rest of their lives. But are cryptocurrencies the answer to financial independence for a few or for many? To get the answer, we have launched a new series called Crypto Kung Fu, which will take an investigative look at the current news, risks, and opportunities in the cryptocurrency space and give you access to the world's leading crypto experts right here on the MapRound Show. Listen closely to our $1,000 trading challenge, where we will ask these experts to trade with our money to prove whether the world of crypto, like Bitcoin, really do live up to the hype. Oh, and if you'd like to join the conversation, you can reach me at MattBrownZA on Twitter and Instagram, or search for The Matt Brown Show on Facebook and YouTube. Hey there, guys. Welcome to the first installment of Crypto Kung Fu. And today, right here on The Matt Brown Show, this is a series that will enable everyday people and entrepreneurs to learn more about the world of cryptocurrencies and more specifically, how to profit from them. So today, I'm thrilled to bring you our first guest who is a world-renowned crypto thought leader who is none other than the bitcoin meister the disrupt meister and host of the bitcoin meister cryptocurrency show his name is adam meister and on this episode we unpack why france won't tax the sale of crypto assets how one lawyer is recovering a two billion dollar bitcoin hack why kim jong-un is hosting his second crypto conference behind closed borders and everything you need to know about something called a hard fork recently executed on the ethereum blockchain and listen closely guys to adam's recommendation for our first trade on the one thousand dollar cryptocurrency trading challenge so without further ado into adam meister and we're live. Hey guys, welcome to the first edition of Crypto Kung Fu. And uh, in this series, we're going to be taking a, a kind of a deep dive into all things crypto. We're going to be exploring with um, pretty much the who's who of the crypto community from around the world. And um, and basically, we're going to be exploring how you guys as entrepreneurs, as ordinary people can basically use this whole world of crypto to essentially build financial independence and things like that. So with me on the line today is the Bitcoin Meister, Adam Meister. Welcome to the show, dude. Great to talk to you again, Matt. (laughs) 
Yeah, I know. Adam, don't you want to just um, put your camera a little bit up a bit more? I'm cutting your head off a little bit. There you go. Oh, there you, go. you yeah. want to see the hair? You're a good-looking yeah. guy, man. I mean, the hair is what makes the Bitcoin Meister so recognizable around the world. Eh? <laughs> so, uh, so where are you at the moment? Uh, right now, I'm in Tel Aviv, Israel, actually. Uh-huh. What are you doing out there? I'm hanging out. This is blockchain week, week, actually. They've been having some conferences and some gatherings. I was at some coin desk event last night at a bar meeting people. It's great to meet real people in person. It was great meeting real people in South Africa that were into, into Bitcoin and crypto. And it's, it's great meeting uh, real people here in Israel, too. Yeah, it's cool. So March 2018 was when uh, we did a live show down here, also called Crypto Kung Fu. We had about, I don't know, a few hundred people in the room. Um, and so it's, I'm really excited to reconnect with you and just to kind of cover the ground that, uh, you know, it's kind of, I mean, crypto has evolved, right? I mean, what would you say is the headline over the last sort of 18 months or so? Oh, <laughs> uh, getting rid of uh, the people who didn't believe in it. The uh, the weak hands <laughs> leaving that 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 I would say has what has happened since we last spoke, because the price uh, when I was down in South Africa with you, it was around it had dropped from 19,000 to 10,000, but it was still in the five digit realm. And then right around then it started dropping into the four digit realm again. And people really started getting scared off. Uh, all the altcoins crashed. All the ICOs crashed. So a lot of people who were in it uh, during the good times got freaked out and they left. And uh, more and more people sold and the price went all the way down to 3000 And you got to see who the true strong hands were. And I never left. I did a video every single day during this period. And now things are back on the upswing, uh, but not for the altcoins yet. So... We're still in, a, a, I guess, an altcoin winter. It seems like we can see the end of the tunnel in terms of Bitcoin. Uh, and I think that's a good summation of, of since uh, what's happened since I last saw you. The weak hands have been flushed out. Yeah, it was kind of like the chance takers, right? It was this whole, you know, digital crypto gold rush and everybody was getting rich and people did make money, right? And uh, a lot of people remortgaged their homes, took out personal loans. And as you say, when the price kind of, tanked from $19,000 at its all-time high and it went down and down and down all the way down to $3,000 a lot of people lost their shirts and um, and you know this is really why I cover the cryptocurrency space um, is for that one reason it's to help the man in the street understand exactly what the opportunities are but then also what the risks and the downsides are so today we're going to discover, or we're going to start the show by getting into some news. But before we do that, we're actually going to trade the market. <laughs> uh, so what I've got is I've given a thousand dollars to um, Kira, who's our voice of reason. The voice of reason. Say hello, Kira. Hi, Adam. Hello. Hello. So Kira is um, the producer of uh, Crypto Kung Fu, and uh, she doesn't know a thing about crypto. So she's essentially going to be the voice of reason, and she'll be interjecting and uh, asking questions that I should say will reflect the majority of the knowledge of the ordinary person, right? So things like, what is an altcoin, <laughs> as an example? Um, but yeah, Kira, feel free to jump in whenever right. you want to. So. What is this $1,000 trading challenge? So in essence, what it is, it's uh, sitting on an exchange here called Valor, 
Um, actually, the founder of Valor uh, is coming onto the show uh, over the next few weeks. And um, basically, we're going to ask Adam here to trade. Yeah, <laughs> or should I say, make a trading decision for us? Um, and so, as we progress through the various um, guests, we're going to ask each of them to make a trade, and then we're going to see how well these guests collectively can manage a thousand dollars of cryptocurrency. <laughs> so, what do you think about that, Adam? Are you ready? Well, I'm I'm no trader. I'm a buy and holder. But let's see what this is about. I know you're probably like the exception to the rule, right? <laughs> oh yeah, and that's that's why I encourage I encourage people not to trade at all, just to hold to buy the Bitcoin. But let's see what this is. Let's, let's see, see what happens. Let's see what happens. So cool. Let's do some some news. Cool. So crypto news. So what I've, what the team have done here is they've pulled up some latest uh, articles here. And I just wanted to talk to Adam, really get your views on some of the, the news that's kind of moving uh, through the crypto market at the moment. Um, so this one here is around the headline is France won't tax crypto only trades. Uh, but they will tax crypto to fiat sales. What have you observed over the last sort of year around the regulators and tax uh, implications, avoidance, and that kind of thing? Well, first of all, I think this is a great it's a great move. It's too bad they have to tax the uh, crypto to fiat sales. But uh, recently in Portugal, they're not taxing any uh, any crypto trades at all, whether it be in the fiat or or to crypto to crypto. So I like that development. Uh, in terms of other regulators all over the world, we hear about in, in the United States, uh, they've had hearings because of Facebook. So there's a lot of virtue signaling going on from regulators, I think. Uh, they, they, they haven't been that clear yet. I think they're trying to see what, which way the wind blows. And I've got a, in the Western countries, I've got a good feeling that they're going to let it, uh, they're not going to get too uh, draconian and uh, tax these things out of existence. Uh, there's, only a, there's only certain ways that people can make money now, and they want people to make money. So they'll probably, unfortunately, they, they will tax them. Uh, they won't go the Portugal route, but uh, I don't think we'll have any draconian things. And we do need clarification, though, on the crypto-to-crypto trades. And I'm glad to see France doing that. Uh, some countries really haven't done that because they don't even understand such a thing exists. They're used to the fiat realm, and that's all they care about. So it, it would be nicer. Uh, it would be nice to see more uh, countries you know, clarifying that aspect. Of it. So basically, just for our listeners who um, potentially aren't following, so basically what this means is if you're trading from one cryptocurrency to another and you create some kind of dividend or margin on that trade, essentially what France is saying is that they won't tax that type of trade, but only when you draw down on your profits to – actual currency that you can spend on milk and things like that, that's when you'll get taxed. Is that kind of what uh, the headline is saying? Yes, that is, that's what it's saying. When you go back into their fiat realm, you're playing their game and they're going to they're gonna tax you. Meanwhile, in Portugal... <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Um, so one of the things uh, about cryptocurrency currencies is that uh, you know if you're sitting with like one bitcoin or however many bitcoin it is really just if it's not on your private keys on a hard drive in a safe somewhere you don't actually own it even though on the market it might actually say that you've got you know a ten thousand dollars or a million dollars worth of bitcoin and so um you know exchanges have been hacked 
you know, frequently. Um, and it's ironic because when you think about the principle of the blockchain, it's meant to be immutable, right? It's meant to be secure. Um, and so this particular news piece here is uh, entitled $2 billion lost in Mt. Gox Bitcoin hack and some lawyer claims that it can be recovered. What is going on around the security of cryptocurrency exchanges? Well, they... They hold your Bitcoin when they have your private key and they're organizations that have in different people working in them. Some of them may be corrupt. So some of these hacks are totally inside jobs. They're going to be more. You said we've had some hacks. We're going to have more hacks. It's still a clown show at many of these exchanges all over the world. Some of them are highly regulated now, uh, you know, Coinbase, Gemini, still you're better off uh, not leaving your cryptocurrency there. You control – the whole point of, uh, of cryptocurrency is to be your own bank. So when you leave your, your coin somewhere else, you're letting them be your bank, and, and there definitely is risk there. And again, they, they, they can be hacked by outsiders, but they can be hacked by insiders too. Uh, and and that, has, that has happened before. So it, it is the, the, the regulation by some countries is making it harder for outsiders to possibly hack it, but it's, it's not worth the gamble to me at all. You learn how to control your own private key, get a hardware wallet, and you won't have to worry about these types of things. So what sh- I mean, should you be leaving your crypto on exchanges at all? I mean, you must leave some no. of it, right? No, Surely. never. No? Yeah, you see, that's the, that, that's the thing. Why are you buying a coin that you have no idea how to store? You see, this is what happens. People end up buying these fifth-tier altcoins. They can't take it off the exchange because they don't have a wallet for it. So they're forced to, to leave it there. But that's uh, – I mean, you, 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 you're fully, you, you don't fully understand what you're buying then. You do not know how to control it. Mm. It's, it's, just, it's just gambling. So I would not venture into that, uh, into that realm at all. I would only buy things that I understand what they are and how I can personally store them. That's actually true. Um, so this one I found fascinating. So North Korea to hold its second crypto conference, telegraphing openness. Now, North Korea obviously, you know, um, has its uh, history <laughs> around like launching certain things up into the sky that do explode um, and uh, kill things. Um, what do you feel is the move around a country like North Korea and uh, Jean Kim Un, or I think his name is the, the, the guy who basically dictates that whole space. Uh, but uh, what do you think his kind of strategy is around being open to cryptocurrencies? What, what do you feel is going on there? Well, he's probably doing it so he, he can get a, uh, a force that can uh, get him some cryptocurrency because he needs and when I and that by any means necessary. OK, he need he's cut off from the regular financial world. If he gets into if he gets Bitcoin, he's got wealth. He, he's got wealth uh, and uh, he doesn't have to worry about being cut off. And, and that is the point of cryptocurrency. That uh, if you, and especially Bitcoin, if you are blacklisted by the traditional uh, economic powers, you can still uh, have wealth sent into your country and sent out of your country. And it is obviously a very valuable financial instrument. So it is much worth the risk to train people in his country. Now, why I say it's a risk is because this is empowering people in his country, citizens, and some of them might wake up to like, wait a second, I can I can get a hold of some of this wealth and get me out of here 
and, and get some freedom. So I don't think he fully understands that he's waking up uh, young people in his country that he's training uh, with, with these conferences to a brighter world. Uh, but for him, he obviously is, uh, he, he needs some money. He needs some real money. Uh, the, the sanctions definitely work. And this is a way around sanctions, getting Bitcoin. So why not create a uh, army of loyal uh, subjects that know how to get him some Bitcoin? And so he has a conference where people come in. Now, the people coming to the conference, I, I actually knew someone who was at the, the previous one. They were doing it out of the goodness of their heart. They, they thought that, uh, you know, that we're, we're educating these people and maybe it'll, it will lead to something good. So Kim Jong-un uh, basically is, has been accused of stealing about $2 billion worth of cryptocurrencies and kind of using that capital to support its weapons development. Um, do you feel that, you know, as a community, we should be supporting an event like this? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, I know being an entrepreneur can be a very lonely experience. You sometimes get stuck, don't you? Well, if you're like me, being stuck sucks. But what if you could access the minds of over 850 CEOs who have built companies generating billions of dollars in revenue and access all of that knowledge in a fraction of a second? Well, the good news is you can literally do that today. What my team have built is Matt Brown AI. It is trained on all the interviews, over 850 of them that I've done to date, all my books, all the knowledge capital that has been generated over the last 10 years right here on the Matt Brown Show. And you can get access to all of that right now for free. So how do you get access to this? Well, head on over to mattbrownshow.com and at the top, you'll see community. Hit that link, sign up. It's absolutely free and you'll be given instant access to Matt Brown AI and a community of over 100,000 subscribers. Yes, because I think it could bring down the North Korean government. Really? It could totally, it could totally backfire. That's what I said. Some of these young people that are going to be taught at this, at this conference, they're going to, they might figure out like, well, I can, I can take some of this Bitcoin and I can, and I can get out of here. This, uh, it, it creates, it does create a connection to the outside world. You got to remember, they don't have like any connections to the outside world. So this is going to give them a connection to the outside world. People might start sending them Bitcoin as individuals uh, from, from the outside world. So uh, this could totally, totally backfire. It is, it is connecting them to uh, 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 a, a group of people, Bitcoin fans, cryptocurrency fans who believe in freedom. So it, he's letting freedom uh, get into his country, whether he knows it or not. Well, I think the thing, maybe the silver lining in, in what I would say is a very dark cloud is that, um, you know, you would be privy to what is actually going on on the other side, if that makes sense. So, you know, yes. historically, it's always yes. been closed off. You know what I mean? Like you, there is no media. They don't have the Internet there. As far as I understand, uh, it is a completely closed off society, both in and out. Right. So yes. if he's holding an event like this, it actually gives I suppose the crypto community from around the world and the influencers around the world to essentially influence his decision-making yes. in that space. Kind of like what the Americans are doing in general around international policy around North Korea. Yeah. Well, I think he, he, he also might start, it might start to change his mind. He might start realizing that 
this that what he's led into his country could bring him down so he could become more moderate and more open uh, because of cryptocurrency. It it could wake him up. Uh, We shall see. Yeah, we shall see. Let's move on to the next one. So investing platform BNK to the future. I mean, I'm always fascinated by the brand names in this Wait, space. Wait, I have a question. Oh, my gosh. It's I, the voice of reason. The voice of reason. <laughs> Given that uh, in North Korea it's incredibly – well, it's, it's not incredibly hard. It's that, you know, internet and Wi-Fi is not available for people. It's It's not something that's accessible. So how successful could this be? I mean, would it not only be going to delegates and Kim himself? It, it won't go to the people, surely. What? Well, he's tra- these the conference. The conference is partially there to train the people. So there, some people that never have internet access are going to have internet access for this conference. And in order to be trained, his uh, his crypto army of hackers, they're going to need. Uh, they're going to need internet access temporarily, at, at least. So that that's where the door opens up. That's where the so uh, he's going to try to pick as many insiders as possible to learn about this. But you, it, it's not it's not perfect. I mean, I I don't know the exact numbers of how many people are going to attend the conference, how many people he needs in his hacking army. Uh, but it's 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 probably outside of of the inner circle. They, I'm sure he trusts them originally, but this could change some of these people. They're, they're they're, they all they don't all have the same level of loyalty to him. Not everybody does, and this could be the wake up call. Um, I mean, when they see what real value is, what real money is, this this could change some people. Yeah, sure, totally. Okay. Thanks, voice of reason. Um, right, so um, this one is about security token offerings. Essentially, it's an investment platform. So, security tokens, um, basically, a way to own essentially inequity or security in a business, right? And then buying that through some kind of uh, crypto token. Um, so let's talk about this. I mean, there was this whole ICO story, right? Initial coin offerings. Um, and then people were able to buy these things. They were pump and dump schemes. And then the kind of heat around ICOs and the, and the kind of relevance and popularity of ICOs failed or it was heading down drastically. What is happening in that space at the moment, Adam? Well, they're trying to repackaging, repackage them in terms of initial uh, exchange offerings, uh, this thing over here, uh, whatever this is called from Bank to the Future. And Simon Dixon is a great guy, the guy behind Bank to the Future, STOs, whatever they, whatever they want to call it. So, I mean, it, it's a way of a, a owning a piece of a company, basically. It's a, mm. it's a, secu- it's a securitization of a, of a company. I mean, it's it's something that's supposed to be highly regulated. I say let them do it. I think eventually we're not going to have stock markets anymore. I mean, we're, we're, it's going to be it's everything's going to be the ICO method or or some new iteration of it. So it, it's a repackaging of it. It's something that, but still, that people have to be so careful. It's most of it's just going to be scammy stuff. Uh, most of it's going to be fake. Just like ninety nine percent of the uh, initial coin offerings were failed or never never brought a product to the table. Um, I say let them keep on innovating, if it, but this seems to just be a repackaging of the uh, of the ICOs, and I don't know how big it's. If, I, I I'm not. It's not going to get as big as the ICO bubble, but they'll find a, another way to create something that is. We'll have some type of freak altcoin bubble again. People, do you think who, so? People who love altcoins. Yeah, I mean, 
we could never have predicted the ICO thing back in 2016. That was just a, a concept we could not have predicted. So I'm saying now there will be some altcoin concept that we're not going to be able to predict now that people are going to go bonkers over, you know, in 2021 maybe. Yeah. So a security token offering, which I agree, by the way, is a totally repackaged or rebranded ICO story. Um, but it's, I, I think for me, you know, one of the big disruptors in business funding in general is crowdfunding, equity crowdfunding. Um, and this is the equivalent of equity crowdfunding in the crypto space. Is that true? Yeah, that's, I, 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 I like it. <laughs> Are you going to be, um, uh, investor number 87,001 on Bank to the Future? Heck no. Only Bitcoin for me. Pound that like button. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk I a bit had, about, sorry, you were going to say something? I had to get that in there. You know, that's yeah, all, that all my like show. That's one of my sayings. For yeah, no, I missed that. I missed that. I just miss you in general, Adam. <laughs> so Ethereum. Yeah, it's good to talk to you. Let's yeah. talk about Ethereum, right? So, oh my gosh, um, hard forks, soft forks, left forks, right forks, inside out forks, everything is forking itself. What the hell is a fork? So just walk us through for the 101 fundamentals here, like the voice of reason. What the hell are we talking about when we say fork? And then we'll dive I'm going to break it down real easy because you've got an Ethereum Classic uh uh, headline on there. And Ethereum Classic is not Ethereum. That's something people need to remember. So simply, uh, there's you've got a coin out there. Let's say it's Bitcoin. People don't like the way it's ruled. People don't like the rules behind it. People don't like that there's going, they're only going to be 21 million. So they can form their own coin off of that coin with a different set of rules. And everybody that had the original coin will have the new coin too. Yep. It's, it's a way to, to, to give birth to new coins when people disagree over what the coin is. It's <laughs> pretty insane that you can literally copy and spin off an entire monetary base based on a disagreement. <laughs> yes, it's awesome. It's what a world we live in. And that every one of the original holders gets the, the, the new coin. And some, some people do this. Uh, now, again, some forks are used, some forks everybody agrees on. They're like, our coin is terrible. We need to make all these rules. So here's a new version of our coin, and everybody forgets about the old version of their coin. Mm. And that's what's being uh, – uh, that, that's, that's happened a few times also in, in something like Bcash and uh, other coins. So it, what, what, what's this headline here? Ethereum Classic – Let's, let's, I, I uh, this one, back this was Ethereum Classic successfully executes an Atlantis hard fork. That's what they're kind yeah, of Yeah, so basically it. the entire community agreed that the old way we defined Ethereum Classic uh, was, was broken. Now we're creating a new coin off of the, the, the new rules uh, from, from the previous rules. And this is Ethereum Classic, and the old one we're going to forget about it, and everybody forgot about the old one. So let's that, take a look. Uh, let's take a look at um, Ethereum on the markets. Where is Ethereum Classic here? What's the code? Yeah, yeah, Ethereum Classic. Got to scroll down. Got to scroll down. How far it's down? About, oh, there like it is. There it is. There. Something right. So that's actually uh, seventeen. Right, seventeen. Sorry. Number seventeen in terms of the world's yeah. most valuable cryptocurrency. So they're now forked. So then, what you would, what would you see on? A, a site like Coin Market Cap, which lists all the cryptocurrencies and uh, their trading volumes, total market cap, etc. 
Because I can see Ethereum Classic has dropped by a percent. I mean, it's not a huge number. Um, but what are we likely to see here? Well, sometimes when they used to do these corrections, they used to pump on news like that. But the altcoin market is down. The yeah. alt- people don't get excited when you're improving your coin through a hard fork uh, anymore. They, they used to. Uh, but it, it can be interpreted that that when something like this works, when there's a, a hard fork and, the, and there's no new coin is, is formed, or the old chain the old chain dies, that it's a, it's there's some centralization. There's a total centralization and agreement there, mm. uh, which some people don't like. But uh, so the, uh, something like this, it's just a it's a it's a non-event now, basically. It's a, it's a non-controversial event now. If if there was you know my previous scenario when someone when a group of people really disagree with the way a coin is forming, uh, a coin is defined, and they're like, we're forming a new one, uh, that, that is, that's newsworthy. And then, well, they have to make arrangements for CoinMarketCap to list their new coin, which is a whole uh, bureaucracy too. So, sure, sure. Tell me something. Is, is it still true to this day that um, the liquidity in altcoins all still comes from Bitcoin? A lot. A heck of a lot of it does. Yeah, I mean, there's some places. There's some places you can buy. You can use fiat to. It, it, you know, back in the old days, it was a hundred percent. You couldn't buy use fiat to, to buy altcoins. Now you, you can. You can, but um, what, what we what we see, but not all. Of them, I mean, most altcoins. No, most altcoins you need to uh, use another cryptocurrency, and Bitcoin is is the king of the, of the cryptocurrencies. But what we see now is a lot of people just giving up on their altcoins, and that that's flowing back into Bitcoin, which is a very interesting. Uh, that's uh, interesting, right? And that should drive the the price of Bitcoin up, right? In yeah, that's theory. part of the reason. That's part of the reason Bitcoin has gone up because, in reality, I mean, we haven't had too many new people enter the space. Too many new individuals enter the space since March mm. uh, when, when the price started going up. But we've had a lot of people uh, just throw up their hands and say, I've had enough of these altcoins and turn it into Bitcoin. So that's a big reason the Bitcoin price has uh, gone up since uh, since uh, the winter. So one of the things that I noticed in the market, um, and at least what my personal sort of viewpoint is, is, is that storytelling really is the new gold when it comes to exponential technologies like the blockchain and crypto and things like that. Um, and, you know, I think it's it was the narrative around Bitcoin that drove it all the way up to $19,000, as we can see um, up, up on this graph on the screen here. Um, and then there was another, it, was, it went all the way down to like $3,000, as you said, and then it started to rally and run again. And one of the things that I observed, you know, in the market at the time was the fact that Facebook was, was taught, the news came out that Facebook was going to release its own cryptocurrency called the Libra. And that lent credibility to the space, a big, massive trillion dollar market cap sort of company comes in there and uh, basically says, hey, this is a legitimate space. And suddenly the narratives changed and it started to run again. What um, observations have you seen? Or do you agree with me that that is why it ran, number one? Um, and number two, as, a, as an entrepreneur, as an investor, as an ordinary person looking to maybe get into the cryptocurrency space, what should we be aware of when it comes to the power of story and cryptocurrencies the power of story is huge and that was a huge story and if any new money and there's some new money was coming into the space 
it definitely was uh, it was given confidence by that news story. Um, you know, we live in a crypto bubble where we kind of are like oh, Facebook coin. That's a, but in the outside world, Facebook's getting into cryptocurrency. That, that this is a this is a legitimate financial instrument now. Mm. So that that changed that definitely changed the tone. That probably got some weak hands saying, "Wait a second, I I got into fiat here." Uh, I'm getting back into this because the roll is about to uh, take off again. This is this is huge news. So there was it created a sense of FOMO, fear of missing out. So we, we've encountered lots of stories or a number of stories in the past that create this FOMO. And it seems like the certain class of people that will only buy when things are going up. So this generates that initial a, a teeny run up. And then it 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 it, it catches adds, adds fuel to the fire, and more and more people FOMO and jump in because this this is why you have to be a person that has the conviction and belief in Bitcoin all along. So you don't need a story like that to inspire you to buy. You know that in the long run, this thing is here to stay, and so you buy it when everyone is selling. Uh, but a story like that does kind of change the, men, the the overall mentality of the. The, the space, the group brain, and people go from that selling mentality to a, a, a buying mentality. Yeah, that's a really great point. Cool. Um, let's have a look at this one. So history favors the bulls as Bitcoin price trades, trades sideways at 10K. And so uh, we're looking at this currently at the moment. I mean, what do you think is – I know I'm asking you to speculate and I apologize because <laughs> I know what you're about and you're about holding the Bitcoin uh, sort of uh, cryptocurrency in your wallet above all else. Um, but what do you think looking forward over the next sort of six months, even just towards the end of the year, uh, do you feel we're going to net out on in terms of a, a Bitcoin price? I don't think we're getting to an all-time high this year. I, I don't – I think people should be calm uh, because we're not – having – the Bitcoin having – Uh, is coming in uh, May of 2020. And I think we'll start to have the run-up to the Bitcoin we had in 2016, uh, probably at the beginning of 2020. So we're away from 20, we're we're, we're not in 2020 yet. So there's going to be some more turbulence. Most people haven't heard of the Bitcoin halving. uh, What is that? There will be having hype. What is the Bitcoin halving? I've got the voice of reason jumping up and down. All right, every every, uh, four years, it's programmed in that the new amount of Bitcoin that is mined cut in half. So the uh, miners starting on that day in May in 2020, they will only start mining uh, half as much Bitcoin as they did the previous four years. So the new supply being added is going to get cut in half, and that happens every four years. So supply and demand, uh, the old economic basis there, one would think there's going to be less and less of it, uh, well, less new Bitcoin out there. And if demand remains the same, the price will go up. So what, why is the, or what's the economic reason for doing that outside of just, I know you mentioned supply and demand, so I'm trying to understand why, why, why is that a thing? Why do we have the Bitcoin available Bitcoin to be mined? The the person who, whoever, whoever made uh, Bitcoin, he wanted to make something that was uh, the opposite. That was, uh, deflationary something that uh, and we've never lived through uh with a, a deflationary currency before so that is the uniqueness of this um that uh there's not more not more and more of it's being less and less of it is being produced until one day there will be 
uh, none of it uh, will, will be produced and some of it will get lost. So you'll have uh, less uh, less Bitcoin o- over time and it'll become more scarce. So mm. this is a very interesting experiment we're living in. It is interesting, especially from a deflationary point of view. Um, I think it's it's pretty cool. Um, so this one here is around uh, Russia's largest bank buys $15 million in debt using Hyperledger blockchain. What is going on with Hyperledger blockchain? Dude, I think that's it's total hype. I, I wouldn't mess around with it at all. I think it's, it's, it's one of those buzzwords that people don't even fully understand what the heck it is. Did you say it's, uh, Hyperledger? It's, it's it's something that just keeps getting into the news a lot they've got good pr people how about that that that, that's what i say you know with these news sources out there there's just certain things you keep on hearing about and there's very little substance uh behind it so i'm uh this is something that i've it's i've been hearing about for quite some time and doesn't doesn't really intrigue me what, what whatsoever. It's 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 uh, one of those buzzwords. But the but the intention was to help Bitcoin scale or the blockchain scale, correct? Well, Using the hyperledger. I, I, yeah, I, that's that's what they said it would do, I guess. But I mean, this these are things that can be done. I mean, it, it, this is a third party trying to, to do something like this. I mean, let let's try, I guess. Um, but uh, I, it's it's something that does not doesn't concern me at all. It, yeah. It's one of those, there's all these buzzwords out there, all these buzzword products that are based on blockchain, blockchain this, blockchain that. And uh, uh, I, I think something like this, uh, and they always use some country to legitimize it. They're like, oh, China's using this. Russia's using this. Estonia. Make, yeah, yeah, something like that. And uh, now I don't... I, I don't think it's the, the 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 product of the future. I think it's a bunch of hype, and uh, stories like this are, are typical. They, but the, this is what gets clicks. This is what gets clicks. Uh, big country and some cool-sounding product name. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think that the exciting idea would be it, could you or when, I suppose, are we able to get institutional money to come and play seriously? Uh, in the crypto, well, that, that's space. a different thing. We're, we're, we're institutional yeah. money is coming in with backed, and mm. the financialization uh, of Bitcoin is coming in. They they are they'll be able to buy it just the normal way, and then make financial products out of it. And that that is happening. And there are going to be a lot of people in the future that are complaining, like, "Well, how did all these banks and these big financial organizations get so much Bitcoin, and I have none?" Well, you have the chance right now to get in before they get in. And maybe part of the reason the price has been going up is because some of these large financial organizations have been buying it for their various financialization products that are coming down the road, backed and all these other products in the U.S. and and wherever. Yep. So we're going to wrap up the news and move on to Crypto Cats. (coughs) That is the sound of Adam's cat. <laughs> oh my god, where are you gonna hear real cats for the rest of the week? I for like the... cats. I like cats more than dogs. <laughs> cool. So our crypto cat feature is all around uh keeping up with the crypto cats. So these are the pound dogs, these are the the uh, the lions of the cryptocurrency space if you wanna if you wanna call them that. And so our chap in feature this particular episode is this man. You know who he is, right? Yeah, it's McAfee. <laughs> that's a 
buzzword too. It's a total buzzword. Everybody needs, they think if he says something, it's important because he was famous or something. Mm-hmm. He's a joke. It's, 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 it's a complete joke. But, was, but yeah, what, what, do you, what, do you, what do you guys say about this guy? So did, it's, did, did he, I heard he, I heard he did something really bad in Belize. How about that? Dude, I've, there's a program on, um, on Netflix around, uh, with John McAfee. I'm actually going to Google that for you guys quickly. Um, but uh, you should totally watch it because it totally gives you a sense as to what this guy is actually all about. And for some reason, it's called Gringo, The Dangerous Life of John McAfee. It's hilarious um, about what this guy does, bribing officials and all sorts of things. Anyway, I'm going to leave it at that. But uh, fundamentally, just a very interesting character who somehow has this, uh, I suppose, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a, an irrational popularity amongst the cryptocurrency community for some reason. Um, and so uh, one of the things that uh, he basically predicted, and I'm looking at one of his tweets here. Uh, we are on YouTube, guys, if you want to catch uh, the show live and get the video version of it. But um, he basically made a prediction. And I love it when people make predictions because they're always wrong. Um, and he said when i predicted bitcoin at five hundred thousand dollars by the end of 2020 it used a model that predicted five thousand dollars at the end of 2017 btc or bitcoin has accelerated much faster than my model assumptions i now predict that bitcoin will be at a million dollars by the end of next year 2020 and quote i will still eat my dick if i'm wrong Yeah, I mean, he knows how to get attention. (laughs) I mean, that that people that yeah, he's got a cult following among uh, low IQ members of the community. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally, totally. Let's go. But he's but he's popular, dude. I mean, if you go, I'm just gonna go onto his Twitter uh, handle. I mean, he he was he admits that he would pump coins. He would take money from ICOs and coins and, and pump them. And people want to hear that their coin is going to be the next Bitcoin. And that, that, that's just uh, that's a way to get popularity. Uh, just Dude. sakey stuff. Talk about some obscure coins. Talk about conspiracies. Talks about how old all these people are after. No one gives a darn about him in the United States government. No one cares. He's a bum. He's a bum. <laughs> he makes things up. He's just he's totally all that he got into crypto. I guess he needs some money. He needed some. He want. He needed a popularity fix. He needed a hit. I, I don't know. Or well, he needed people to forget. He needed people to forget about the crime that he committed in Belize. You know, we're talking about cats and dogs. Do you know what he did when his dog died? Do you know what he? I mean, what he's been accused of doing? And then he runs for president. I mean, it's all it's all for attention. It's yeah. such a waste. It's such a waste of time. I mean, you. If people if people get their crypto information from McAfee. I assure them they're going to be – they're probably already broke, so. <laughs> what did he do? What happened with his dog? It, his dog was uh, – uh, died, and then uh, then uh, John McAfee's uh, neighbor mysteriously was murdered. Right. Oh, the and, then John McAfee le- and then John McAfee left Belize. So that's why he had to leave because of uh, a, a, probably like an open murder case basically. Yeah, his neighbor. Yeah. Great. Nice yeah, but people, people don't know that. People, people are like, oh, he's so funny with his conspiracies. <laughs> he's a way. I mean, he, I, I don't know what he did to his. I don't know what happened to his neighbor, but uh, you, you, you can uh, draw your own conclusions. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, uh, he does have 1.1 million followers and can play the piano. So yeah, OJ Simpson has a lot of followers too, and he 
did something. Have you seen that guy on Twitter, bro? It's like, it's so weird yeah. when he posts stuff. It's like, ooh, it's super, super, super dodgy. It makes me very, very uneasy. Yeah. Um, and then, so he's legitimately running for president next year. Is this a thing? McAfee2020.com. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice looking website, I guess. Uh, yeah, it does say yeah, don't I, vote I, McAfee. I, I get it. it's, it's a way to get it. It's a way to get attention. Uh, Jeez. Maybe we should get him on here. What do you think? No. He Don't should be totally right. ignored. Totally is very, very people. bad person. I'm very bad it. person. Kira, you can get in touch with him, Sham. Let's give him a platform. Not like he needs <laughs> another one, though. <laughs> cool. So that's our uh, our guest in um, in 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 focus. So that's Crypto Cats. Thanks for playing with us, Adam. Um, so we're going to move into the final part of the show, which is basically trading the market. Um, and so this is where. You're going to trade with our um, our thousand dollars of crypto. So as of yet, it is yet to be moved into a actual cryptocurrency, but it is sitting on an exchange. What is your trade? Go. Wait, I have a question first, uh, okay. Adam. You'll have to excuse my ignorance, but why are you anti-trading? Oh, because if you just hold the Bitcoin, it goes up in value over time. If you trade. You're losing. You can lose your Bitcoin. So it's like um, gambling. When it's gam- trading stop. is gambling. Trading is totally gambling. Oh, I just hold the Bitcoin. Okay. That's all. I've been and doing so since 2013. Crazy. And just an official announcement: uh, when this trading challenge goes well, Matt has. I just wanted to put it out there. Matt has allowed me and my team to cash in on it. So for everyone listening. We can't go back now. This is an official announcement. <laughs> we get it. So basically, Adam, oh. no pressure. And we get a Christmas bonus. All right, so I've got you, you've given me $1,000 and you want me to make a trade. Yeah, go. Just uh, buy $1,000 with a Bitcoin. Okay, so um, IT guy, can you lock in that trade on Valor? Well done. Congratulations. Okay, so that's bought um, on uh, on the old Bitcoin. But I wanted to uh, ask you for some altcoin things to look at. Um, and then I'm going to ask you for a buy and or sell. Um, so if you, I know you obviously trade, literally all you do is travel the world and meet people who are heavily involved in the space. Um, and uh, what altcoins are of interest to you at the moment? Just throw them out, start with one. Just Ethereum. Um, because people, there are so many people building uh, products on Ethereum. They they actually have developers. These other altcoins, I don't think they even have developers. People building anything on them. But Ethereum, I mean, there's a conference here in Tel Aviv, an Ethereum conference, and it it has been going down in value. Uh, there, there, there's been a, a sentiment. Some people are down on it. Some people are giving up on it. But I do see people are still building on it, and it is not Bitcoin. It, it, it's not supposed to be a uh, the world reserve cryptocurrency. It's supposed to be the world, the computer. And uh, I am not threatened by it at all. I think uh, I know what Bitcoin does well, and people can innovate on other coins. So Ethereum interests me uh, because it, it, it clearly is the number two cryptocurrency on the planet. I always say Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. I also think Ethereum is the next Ethereum. People say, well, EOS can do what Ethereum can do. I don't know, but um, clearly there's so many more people working on Ethereum 
and it, it's it, it's so much larger. And so I think we will all Bitcoin will always be uh, number one, and I think Ethereum will be number two for for the next decade. So is that a buy or a sell? Well, again, I I am a guy who only buys Bitcoin. But if you for buy, some reason no. buy, for some reason no. if some if some reason your country said don't don't you're not allowed to buy Bitcoin, I yeah I think uh I think uh, buying Ethereum uh, would be. F- fine, fine now. Lock that uh, in. Buy. We're buying Ethereum. Buy. No. I think I think it would be fun because I think it is. I think it is undervalued. I think the sentiment against it has gone way to the negative side, and there are just there are people out there that want it to be number two. They want it to be number one. They'll pile back into it eventually. Well, I mean, at its height, Ethereum was one thousand three hundred dollars, give or take a few dollars. And um, and now it's trading at a measly hundred and seventy nine odd dollars. So if you are interested, I'd say have a have a go. History is a great predictor of future success. <laughs> well, uh, I I will say it, it's val. It was worth fifteen percent of a bitcoin once, twelve percent of a bitcoin. I don't think it'll get that high in terms of bitcoin again. But uh, in in terms of uh, in terms of dollars, it it it, it will go back up again. So let's do okay, the, the, be, the best is the best is Bitcoin. Again, I just want to make it clear. People are saying Bitcoin Meister saying to buy Ethereum. No, we're saying if you can't buy, uh, he's asking me an Ethereum question. So, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to talk to you about Ripple um, XRP. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Oh, if it's oh. a swear word. I'm sorry. I had to say it. Uh, but uh, what the fuck is going on with Ripple these days? Uh, so that's trading now. They're, at they're, they're printing 20 more cents. of it. I mean, they're putting more. They're pour, they're putting more of it on the market. It's a totally centralized token. Mm. I mean, they can do whatever. The people are dumping it. People are giving up. It's it's not even a real cryptocurrency in, in my book. Um, I wouldn't touch that thing at all. When sell, 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 uh, sell, uh, sell now, sell. not later, now. <laughs> So, um, you know, it's interesting. I'm fascinated about the economics underlying, um, you know, any, anything really, a, a, any product and, you know, any cryptocurrency is a product. And so I'm looking at the circulating supply. It is huge. Yeah. There's like 43 billion Ripple units out there. So they're, they're fake Twitter accounts that say it's going to be as big as Bitcoin because I don't think there are any real people that actually like Bit- uh, that, that like Ripple. I think it, I have never met a Ripple fan. I mean, it, it's, it's amazing. You see, see all these accounts just like saying the same thing over and over again, how great it is, how it's the next Bitcoin. For If it went up to Bitcoin's price, I mean, it would be worth more. It would be worth almost a quadrillion dollars or something. Like, look yeah. how many there are. And so if it was worth $10,000, it would be – be worth more than all of wealth on earth so it's not going to be bitcoin's price people i mean do, yeah. do the math it's it's, yeah. it's unbelievable but totally. uh it is a, it's a very interesting uh interesting product interesting company that 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 you know you really can't be you can't i've never met a real ripple fan in person so when i last covered the space uh, about 18 months ago um it was i believe it was identity tokens or cryptocurrencies that that were focused on uh, or applications thereof were focused on security identity management that kind of thing uh, is that still a trend these days 
ID stuff like uh, what yeah. Dillingham was doing, yeah. what Civic was doing. There you go. Yeah, he's still doing. He's still doing it. Vinny, yeah. He's still doing it. I, I, I mean, there's there's some interest in that. I wouldn't say it's a. I wouldn't say it's a big thing. I'd say it's a niche thing, definitely. Mm. And then one more Bitcoin Cash buy or sell. <laughs> <laughs> sell. Sell. Sell now, not later. Now. And just one more thing. What is Bitcoin SV? That's a new one. Yeah, they, they forked off of uh there's a guy who's kinda like John McAfee over at BSV. Yeah. He think he he says he makes up stories just like John McAfee does, but his stories have more to do with um with crypto. So he uh he has a cult following and they didn't want to be part of B Cash, so they forked off of B Cash and they formed uh Discoin and they, they have their own little cult and uh yeah. It's you know that that's the thing they can do what they want to do. That's the cool thing with cryptocurrency. If mm. you don't if you don't like the main coin, you can fork off. So let them do what they're going to do. Um, they, they've got they've got some. Uh, they actually have some real fans. I've met some. Of their, their real fans. So they're, they're 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 better off than Ripple at least. But uh, yeah, that that's uh, that that that's definitely a freak show over there. Yeah. <laughs> there's some good there's some good people there. But there are some good people don't understand that people lie and that some people all they do is lie. So the you know over at BSV, it's hard to believe. Like this guy saying such grand things, they don't get it that he's just all he does is lie. All, all he, there are some sociopath, psychopathic people. All they do is lie. So they can come into the space too. That's the thing. There are all sorts of people in this space. All sorts. Of people. Adam, last question. Let's wrap this up. Let's talk about uh, market outlook for the rest of the year. So the market cap of all crypto is currently sitting at about $263 billion. We were close to a trillion. I think it was north of 800 at one point uh, about sort of 18 months ago. Um, what's the outlook uh, for the next few months? You reckon we're going to continue to trade sideways? Uh, yeah, I think all coins will continue to go down. Bitcoin will continue to go up. Not much new money entering the space unless we get a real, uh, a total. They're taking their time with approving Libra. If Le if all of a sudden uh, the United States changes its tune about Libra, then, then we could, that, that that would change everything. But I do not I, I do not anticipate that at all. So what's it right now? The, the total market cap of crypto is a quarter of a trillion dollars. Yeah, no, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Two hundred sixty-three billion. Yeah. I mean, it, it could it could get as high as uh, as three hundred, maybe, but it would be totally led by money flowing into Bitcoin. Mm. Uh, so I I, I generally see sideways. Yeah. Adam Meister, uh, where can guys uh, find you, follow you, connect with you? All right, follow me on Twitter, TechBalt, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T, and then DisruptMeister.com will take you to my YouTube page. You can look up Bitcoin Meister on YouTube. You'll find me. Look up Adam Meister on YouTube. You will definitely find me. I'm in over 1,400 videos. I do a new video every day. That's crazy, dude. That is legitimately crazy. 
conviction, strong hand. People, pound that like button. Pound that like button. And thank you guys for checking out Crypto Kung Fu powered by the Map Brown Show. We are going to be covering this over the next few weeks. We've got some very huge talent coming on the show. Rand Neuner uh, is from the host of CNBC Crypto Trader. We've got Luke Martin, the venture coinist from the States, and many, many others, uh, both local and international. So do. Um, leave us a review on iTunes if you are listening to the show and or head over to YouTube and pound that subscribe button. <laughs> Adam Meister, thanks so much for being on the show, dude. Always great to see you. Thank you, Matt Brown. It was my pleasure. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Show one done. This edition of the Map Round Show is brought to you by NetworkSpace.co.za. In fact, our studios are here in building number four at NetworkSpace up in Johannesburg. These guys have made us a huge deal, have really bent over backwards to give us the kind of service that most exciting businesses deserve. If you want more information about NetworkSpace, you can actually come and check out our studio. We are always open to meet new entrepreneurs and business owners from around the country, and you can do that right Right here at NetworkSpace.coza. Thanks for checking out the Map Round Show, guys. And if you'd like to get the Kung Fu put in your ninja, check out digitalkungfu.co.za. Ever wanted to become a best-selling author? Well, I'm in the influence business and I work with business owners and CEOs and business leaders to help them scale their influence. And we do this as a team by helping you to become a best-selling author, sought-after speaker and industry influencer in only 30 days. My team and I have developed a system that delivers a best-selling book and a launch campaign 300% faster and 50% less cost than anyone else in North America. This system is incredibly efficient. One of my Clients Haiku went from a 2% share of voice globally to an 11% share of voice globally in only seven days. If you'd like more information, head on over to showworksmedia.com for more. That is showworks with an X.com.